All right, well, sorry. <laughs> Welcome back into the Plank Show. My bad, Josh. Just, like, start yelling. Hour 3, as always, is brought to you by Mop and Roofing, locally owned and operated, and fully insured, licensed, and bonded. Mop and Roofing is serving all of Oklahoma and has been in business for over 35 years, 405-703-3843. Did I see on the schedule, Josh Helmer, we're going to be at the Baker Mayfield camp on Friday? How about that? Pretty cool. Very cool. It's going to be very hot. I need to start preparing my body now to get ready for that. No pump. Hydration. You think Baker, you you think we need to have a conversation about how I reacted to him beating my Raiders? Do you think I just need to have an honest moment with him? (laughs) Sure. Like, dude, it was probably the maddest I've ever been in my life at you. Why'd you do this to me? You're not even a Ram anymore. And he'll say, huh, well, yeah, that happens. It was good. Hey, you know, let's get into the top five stories of the day because I have NFL on here, and it's – um, well, it can involve Baker Mayfield. So uh, here we go. Time for the top five stories of the day. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. After our 30-minute edition of the top five stories of the day yesterday – I cannot do – I can't do the top five stories of the day with a live audience. I mean, it's just – that's the reality of it. It just can't happen. We get we get too carried away. And it might have just been, you know, my buddy Drew England and, and Phil Johnson was up there. It might have just been a handful of people. But when you have the live audience, Josh, changes everything. Yep. Got to put on a show. So I am committed to being a little bit quicker and rolling through the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino, best reels in the Metro – we're real gamers. Play I-44, exit 107, NewcastleCasino.com. Big story number five. Number five. Tomorrow, wait, hold on. What is today? Today's Tuesday, right? Thursday is the official start of the league year in the NBA. So basically, uh, <clears throat> three, two, one. Thursday is the deadline for James Harden to pick up his player option. Saturday is the true start of the NBA league year. So in your opinion, Josh Helmer, couple of big names, Draymond Green, James Harden, Damian Lillard, do they end up changing zip codes or do they end up staying where they are? And it seems like Draymond Green is going to be asked for the hometown discount if he stays in Golden State. And I don't think that he's interested in that. I don't either. Thank you. Thank you. I don't either. The uh, not accepting the player option tells me he wants cash and he wants long-term cash now. Damian Lillard, I think, gets dealt. I have an unpopular opinion on what I think would be an awesome landing spot for Draymond Green. I think Oklahoma City would be an awesome landing spot for Draymond Green. They could, they could use a big that can facilitate a little bit. We might be prepared for one of the greatest 180s in the history of 180s if Draymond Green's in. Now, I know that everyone's like, no one wants to go to OKC and this and that. This is still a young roster who needs a veteran leader. And they're all, listen, they're coming together. Maybe they don't. Maybe I'm wrong. But in every era, it seems like there was always an old head who came in and made sure everyone was on there. Nick Collison is a great example, even though he's pretty young whenever they, things first started going. But in the most recent inclination of the Thunder, 
Draymond Green is still a guy that makes you better. I think L.A. would be a fascinating fit. Now, he would have to take a reduction in salary or what he can get. A lot of people talking about Sacramento as a landing spot. Yeah, yeah, I've seen some discussion on that. But I, I think one, – uh, One Max Kellerman says they're a championship contender by adding Draymond Green. In Sacramento? Yeah. Hmm. They're uh, possibly an NBA Finals favorite. If they add Draymond Green, which I don't see that. What do you make of the Harden going back to – just a real quick snapshot some of the NBA headlines. Dame Lillard. Could rumored, be on the move. Rumored to be to the Heat, but the, the Trailblazers, even though they drafted Scoot Henderson, continue to say we're building around him. Uh, James Harden has until Thursday to pick up his player option. Some think for some reason he's wanting to go back to Houston. I get it with the nightlife, but eh, still feel like Houston's a couple players away. From really, unless he just flat out does not care about winning, he doesn't care about winning. Might be it. Who am I? Oh, Draymond Green um, didn't didn't pick up his player option. Almost said opted out. That's not the proper phrasing. So there's and there's still Zion rumors that are out there. So those are the kind of the four big tentpole stories, if you will, of the NBA. But I just I don't know what's going to end up being the most act or who's going to be the most active. And will Oklahoma City right? Will they make, make any move? kind of a any kind of a splash. I wish they would. They've got the resources. Big story number four. Number four. Last night, LSU got it done. Seventh national championship in program history. First since 2009. A strike and an out away from a natty. Two outs, runner at first. The 0-2 pitch. Swing! championship is headed back to Baton Rouge. The dog pile begins left of the mound. A promise made and a promise kept by Tiger head coach Jay Johnson just over two years ago said I'm here to get LSU to Omaha and back on top of the college baseball world. And after an 18-4 victory here tonight, he has done just that. The LSU Fighting Tigers are the 2023 national champions with an 18-4 win over the Florida Gators to take 2-3 in this championship series. Great call. That was the LSU Radio Network. Promise made. Promise kept. Promise kept. Boy, that's that's good writing right there. Jay Johnson came in and said, we're going to win a national championship. And they did in the second year. Did you hear his post-game? With uh, ESPN, no. What? What? Uh, yeah. It had lost any sort of interest for me by that point. Um, here, yeah, this is, uh, this is. I, I like the use of "Let's Go." It just seems like it's kind of in an odd place. It's like I have a, I have a friend that uses an analogy in broadcasting a lot whenever it's a big time play that it's like eh, that's not really what that means, but we just let it go. <laughs> So I kind of feel like this isn't the right place for Let's Go, or maybe it is. This was What does it mean to bring a trophy back to Baton Rouge? Let's go! Ah, Actually, you know what? Delivery wasn't good enough. Do you know what? It's the perfect spot for a Let's Go. It just wasn't delivered properly. Correct. It was, what does it mean to bring it back? Let's go. It's like when Let's a comedian. Let's go right now. It's like when a comedian delivers this awesome joke to somebody that's not funny. 
and the delivery just stinks. It's like the, the joke actually was still good. It just was not uh, executed properly. Congratulations to LSU. Big story number three. Number three. Big news in the transfer portal. Jocelyn Erickson has entered her name into the portal. Student athletes with softball have until tomorrow to enter their names into the portal. We think we're done at OU, right? Nobody else is just going to surprise us? I thought we were done after Nugent. So, I would hope, I would think, you know, that it, it seems as if S.J. Guerin, Kirsten Deal, Avery Hodge are pretty happy. You know, Hodge is playing with Team USA this summer, so she'll continue to improve and get stronger. Yeah, I don't I, I think we're we're good. Now it's just a matter of who you bring in and how do these freshmen fit. I think that's the the one two question. By the way, it does still feel weird to think that we're going into a season where Jada Coleman and T.R.A. Jennings are gonna be seniors. That still hasn't registered with Not me. prepared for that. Not ready for that. Uh, we do not have any news on where Jocelyn is going as of yet, but we shall see. All right, big story number two. Number two. Now, I had mentioned, Josh Helmer, that I had a an NFL-type question, and it could involve Baker. How many quarterback positions are truly up for grabs in the NFL heading into camp? We are exactly a month away from the opening of NFL camps, 30 days away. And I feel like the only quarterback battle in the NFL right now is Tampa. Baker v. Kyler Trask. Or Kyle, who's Kyler Trask? Kyle Trask. Uh, Kyler Murray's not starting the season. The rookies are going to start, it seems. Anthony Richardson, day one at Indy. C.J. Stroud, day one in Houston. Bryce Young, day one at, at Carolina. The Raiders is more about health. If Jimmy G's healthy, he can go. Derek Carr is not fighting for his job in New Orleans. Apparently, that's going real well. Shocking. Raider fans, you morons. <laughs> um, I don't know, dude. I just – I was trying to think of camp storylines, and this is a fascinating season of quarterback stability heading into camp. Aaron Rodgers is going to start in New York, so Jordan Love slides right in. There's no competition there. Justin Fields – no competition in Chicago. Now, could there become one like Mac Jones? And if things don't go well, it could be Bailey Zappi, maybe. You know, we just assume two is going to be okay. I don't know. But, Josh, I get the sense that it's about as set as we are outside of one of the 32 teams with what their plan is at quarterback. And I felt like there was a little bit more unknown last year. Is this the final honeymoon year for Mac Jones? I mean, it's got to be great, right? Oh, yeah, it's, it's his final honeymoon year before the Raiders overpay to go trade for him. That's exactly what it is. Don't do that to yourself. <sighs> Bro, I told you, I've never been this down. Derek Carr, um, because we're in such a slow time for NFL news as we transition. But do you agree, lack of true quarterback battles right now? Feels like it, yeah. yeah. Who, uh, who would be in the mix for Tank City? Who's in our tankathon? The Raiders, we think, maybe? Here's my, here's my three. I, just, I want to double-check on one thing here real quick. Who is guaranteed bad, I guess is what I'm asking. Okay, guaranteed bad. Vegas, number one. Some would say Houston, but I don't think Houston's going to be that bad. 
I think Houston has a chance to actually be pretty good. Uh, so it would be, to me, the Raiders, the Arizona Cardinals. You think the Cardinals are going to be that bad? Yes. I think they're going to be terrible. The Los Angeles Rams. The Los Angeles Rams have their first-round pick back this year. All those trades that they've made and the bleep-them-picks mindset, suddenly you're in Los Angeles and you got your first-round pick. That wouldn't surprise me at all to see them maybe struggle a little bit early on and say, eh, let's get Caleb Williams. Let's go get Caleb Williams. Let's just let's, – let's, let's see what we could possibly McVay, do. McVay, you said you didn't want to coach forever, right? <laughs> I think uh, – can, can I give you two other uh, – Tampa, right? Tampa's in that mix. I think Minnesota could be a surprising team tank team. And maybe really? wa- maybe Washington. Minnesota won the division last I year. I know, I know. With 13 games. But this is the last year in the contract of Kirk Cousins. So you're saying you don't think they extend? I think he might play for San Francisco next year. I think that San Francisco might go sign Kirk Cousins this offseason and Pop's head would explode. I'm sorry, Pop. I, that's that's just not a my, suggestion that I've made. I have enough, That's one of my hot opinions. But, yeah, I would say those would be my candidates. Cleveland can't, right? They've got to try to win. Uh, Robert and Hera added the Atlanta Falcons to that. But let me tell you something. In terms of, of unmitigated hype, the Falcons sure are getting a lot of unmitigated offseason hype right now. And maybe part of it is the division they're in. But real quick, Derek Carr... Uh, did say this yesterday, and because we don't have any news going on, this becomes headline stuff. I was, for lack of a better term, I was very upset. I was, I was mad. You know, for you, know, you, you spend nine years in a place, you, you know, you have all the records, you can play at a high level, and uh, for for something to get in the way, whether it was whatever reason, you know, money related or whatever, you know, injury related, you know, I would have said I, I don't even want the money just to play two more times in front of our fans, you know, and uh, I didn't get that opportunity, so. It definitely lit a fire inside me to keep going. Where did they conduct that interview? I think it was part of a TV show that they're doing on him. Because it sounds like it was the it was in the middle of either a fancy dessert or dinner with the, the music in the background. hundred percent. There's something. And it sounded like they were on uh like a, a boat or something. It did. I so the link on it had said hard knocks. But I don't think they've chosen a hard knocks team, have they? Oh, people are going to lose their minds over this. Derek Carr just needs to get over it. He's asked a question. And for the longest time, he said, yeah, I'm not going to talk about that. All right, big story. Anything else from NFL camp you want to get to? I don't think so. Big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. So today is a big crouton day, as uh, I have been told. And it appears, well, I don't know, Josh, is what are the commitments projections saying right now about Xavier Robinson, who will be making his announcement this afternoon at 5 p.m.? They say that the roads will be painted in crimson and cream. Nice. He is believed to be choosing between Iowa State, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, and OU. Parker Thune is coming up. At noon today to give us all the details on the Carl Albert product. Well, it, it looks like everyone. Brandon Drum, Colin Kennedy. I don't know who Nick Owen is. No. 
Iowa State guy. Ozen? Ozen? Nick Ozen. So, according to 24-7 Sports, uh, looks like he is on his way to Oklahoma. Or at least at the composite. What, composite projections? Uh, I mean, those are the three that have been submitted there. You also have Justin Denson on July 1st. Choosing between Alabama, Florida, Michigan State, A and M, and OU, and you've got uh, you got a bunch of folks that had Iowa State predictions that flipped them to Oklahoma. So, ooh, well, that's a good sign. Over the last eh, two weeks, uh, I'm in, I'm intrigued by the Justin Dinson Jr. kid, the cornerback. Thirty total offers. I was trying to see where do they put the crystal ball projections on this thing. Looks like the twenty, the rivals future cast has him on his way to Michigan State. We shall see. I don't know how current that is, but like I can put in my own forecast for him. Oh, I'm doing that. Can I become just someone that every single recruit that's out there, Oklahoma, joins the rivals site and absolutely projects everyone to go to Oklahoma? Well, this kid's from Montana, and they say that he's leaning South Dakota. Oklahoma! Oklahoma. There's your top five stories of the day. Xavier Robinson commitment coming up at five. We'll go more in-depth on the uh, Jocelyn Erickson news with your text next on The Ref. All right. Look at us. Look at us, Josh. I won't get a nasty gram from TJ today for being off the clock. I better not start spiking the ball before I get into the end zone. But I feel pretty good about things right now. I mean, we did it. We didn't wait until 1130 to take a commercial break. A few stories that just missed the top five stories of the day. Um, number one is that I find myself getting really caught up in the nerdy conversation of running back contracts. And Josh, I think we're going to see a lot of holdouts at that position. And I don't know if that's a good thing. Well, especially, well, it's a great thing for the Raiders tank because they might be able to trade Josh Jacobs, though I would never want them to. (laughs) Uh, Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, two guys that are on the franchise tag and haven't signed it nor committed to showing up for training camp yet. You got stories about Joe Mixon, but Mike Lombardi pushed back last night and said, "You've got like ten backs, twelve backs are going to make over ten million dollars this year." I think some people overdramatize it. I just think it's a quick market, is what it is. Like in other words, you're very rarely going to get a second contract, but that's the reality of that position. You got to be special. You got to be Adrian Peterson to do that. You got to be, you know, next level. And I don't think we have a ton of those backs right now in the league. But I think Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry. Barkley just hasn't been able to stay healthy has been the other thing, right? I mean, look, Dalvin Cook doesn't have a a deal right now because he's looking for 10 mil a season. I don't think he's going to get it. So I've been nerding out on the running back market, so that just missed the top five stories today, as did the report this morning that it doesn't look like Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins will have a reunion in Cleveland. And then there's this. Chris Olave. We had Derek Carr live from the opera last segment. Chris Olavi, quote, he's a great leader on and off the field. That's what you ask for as a receiver, a young receiver. 
So he's definitely helped me better my game and get better myself. Just go ahead and end it now. Give me sleeping pills and I'll just sleep through the NFL. Wake me up on Saturdays. I'll go to the OU game. Just knock me out after the OU game so I can sleep through the damn NFL season. They didn't get anything. I don't have a problem moving on from Derek Carr, Josh Helmer. They didn't get anything for him. Not that I... Son of a... He's going to end up setting all kinds of records, too, this year. It's just going to be so bitter. Oh, and we've also turned on Josh Allen nationally. That's the other thing. This whole issue with Stephon Diggs is now all Josh Allen's fault, Josh. That's the other big story. It's the offseason, isn't it? Bro, let me tell you something. It's never been more off-season than this off-season when it comes to NFL news. And we got spoiled last year, right? Folks uh, folks won't stay turnt on one Josh Allen. Dale hit me up on Twitter and writes, My daughter goes to Bama. The freshman can only get half the game and have to sit in the upper deck on the south side. When they are sophomores, they can get the whole game package and they get lower deck visitor side. So in other words... Alabama, Alabama has a system as far as fan support. They've got a system where they basically say, you come as a freshman, you get half the games, half the season, I guess I should say, Dale. But you show up, you're rowdy, you don't leave early, you get lower level tickets. I like that. A reward. Oh, man, we are so soft as a society. I can't possibly see anyone saying, hey, man, let's gut up. Let's go. I want to be down in that lower level sophomore year. I think anymore would be like, it's not fair. I should be down there anyway. So kudos to Alabama. I don't mind that at all. Those students have pretty good seats. I don't think we need to worry about. <laughs> we'll put you up in the nosebleeds. They're in a good spot right now from that front. And that's a reaction. That's a response. Show, um, show context to the conversation about, hey, what do we need to do to take over Omaha or to, to get crazier as a fan base? That's That wasn't on our list. Set up some sort of rewards program, but maybe it should be. And then that led into a whole conversation about reconfiguring where they sit, should it be here. It didn't get too off the rails, though. I thought I thought we did a good job keeping it on the rails. That's just me. Indeed. Agreed. It didn't get too crazy. You mentioned the summer doldrums as far as news is concerned. I I did have to say I was intrigued yesterday whenever I was scrolling through the newsiest of news notes when I saw this from front office sports. In 2021, Scott Woodward made three coaching hires in a seven-month span. Kim Mulkey... Brian Kelly, and Jay Johnson. In the two years since, the trio has won a Women's Basketball National Championship, an SEC West title in football, and just won the College World Series. Yeah. Very, very successful, no doubt. (laughs) But I did have to laugh. The first comment to this, just say, hey, it's a pretty good little run, right? The very first comment. Winning a college football division doesn't count. <laughs> well, it's definitely not <laughs> to the same degree as either. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely 100% right. And for those of you that in the College World Series couldn't care less about the games and you're all about 
how many Jello shots were bought at Rocco's. They set records. Um, ninety thousand Jello shots sold at Rocco's this year. Nine zero thousand. LSU fans bought a whopping sixty-four thousand of the ninety-four thousand Jello That's or ninety thousand. Just, ri- just ridiculous. So wait, we said uh, hold on, ninety thousand. 90,000 total sold. I think they might have rounded up a little bit. So let's say they made $270,000 profit. Oh, I'll give you exactly what they – the $450,000 was the total. And like you mentioned, the prop, because they gave a percentage of it to charity, right? Not all of it, a percentage of it. Smart. That That's pretty good. Well, and I was just days. saying three for $5 you're profiting. Yeah. It's not bad. Two for the cost. Not bad. And probably, like you said, it's a little bit less than that if they're donating, you know, one dollar of the five or whatever. By the way, are they are they truly stout or is it watered down? Is what I want. Oh, know. they're horrible. I'm sure. There's your big college stories today. That's that's where you are in the college world right now. I mean, are there a couple of college football notes to get to? Sure, but really, right now. Josh, all of our college football conversations are centered around either recruiting for the 24 and commitments for the 25 class or projection. We're in projection season. So if that's if that's your bag, we're here for you, and we're going to be in that bag because I am big on lists. I'm not big on watch lists, but I'm big on lists, like top five teams who could surprise, top t- uh, five teams who should disappoint. We've got a whole July of that, actually. Uh-oh, dude. We've I- been in the lab concocting. So, I found something last night. Gosh, we got a break, but I found something last night. I found our projections. Our oh, remember we did we would do a show, and we'll do it again this year. We go through and preview every conference and did an win hour. losses. Did win losses over unders. I found the ACC, the Pac twelve, and our Big Ten results last night. Were we any good? You were incredible in the Big Ten. I was? You were incredible in the Big yeah. Ten. Yeah, well, I studied I'll, it all offseason. I'll, I'll, I'll bring it in tomorrow for the show. It was, I was really impressed. I was good in the Pac-12. So basically you're saying, <laughs> I wasn't very good anywhere else, but the Big no, Ten no, was. Like, none of, it, none of it was terrible, but it's also funny to think back, you know, because these, I think we did these around this point last year, or was it? I think it was later. It's closer to the season. Yeah. But it just it's funny whenever you would look at a team and you would project to them, you, the Royal you, both you or I, had projected and hit the over, and you're like, the heck was I thinking? Or even a team where you thought they were going to hit uh, – USC, hit the under. No, no, no. They, oh, they easily cruised. crushed the over. Yeah, you know, UCLA, a team that I thought would be under, who ended up smashing its over. What is uh, – USC's over-under has got to be really high this year. You know what? It's funny that you say that. Because <laughs> I don't have to click too far. Ten and a half? Is that way too much? Over under win totals for college football 2023, according to – oh, I clicked on the wrong link. Oh, yeah, this is right. According to VegasInsider.com. Okay. Uh, they have USC at 10. Over under 10. And I'm a little bit surprised because – yeah. I. I Ten and a half would seem to be the number you'd go with. There is a couple that have them here at nine and a half. Oh man, you slammed the over. That's on that. FanDuel. What would you guess Oklahoma is right now? This is according to uh, a 
I guess you could say, collaborating all of the over-under win totals. Nine and a half for Oklahoma. Boom. Uh, nine and a half at FanDuel. There's nine and a half, nine and a half. You can get nine. What is this? From points bet? That's the one right there. That's that's the one you want. You got that uh, nice little push out. Oh, where's Oklahoma State at on this? Okay, Oklahoma State. Real quick. Sorry, I didn't mean to fall on this trap, but we're right on time for break. Oklahoma State. I would say seven and a half. Over under is it six and a half? Ah, across okay. the board, one place is six. I might be willing to place an over bet on that. But so I'll get the results from last year, and we'll take a sneak peek ahead tomorrow. Quick break. Text line next, right here on the wrap. I have a quick confession, Josh Helmer. I always thought like this was a Jimmy Buffett song. I like had never heard of Rupert Holmes before in my life until you just Googled it up to play it. Googled it. Rupert Holmes. No clue. But totally looks like he would be a very popular like late 70s, early 80s lounge singer. Got the full beard, got the collar going. Probably has a leather jacket on in that picture, right? A like brown leather jacket. I can't tell from the picture. It looks Doing like a, a little Trump back. dance whenever he's dancing. I had no idea. I this is uh, today. that's one of Rupert's greatest hits. I kind of get the sense was he? Oh, I don't want to get mad. Rupert Holmes fans mad at me. Was he a one-hit wonder? Was that a hit? I, I don't know anything else by Rupert. So all right, let's hit the best. The Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We've been all over the board today, but a lot of topics, uh, a lot of the conversation centering around the surprise entry of Jocelyn Erickson into the transfer portal. In fact. If you missed any of it, we spent most of the 10 o'clock hour uh, on it with Justin McLeod from Extra Inning Softball. But Coy hit us up with this. He writes, I wish Jocelyn nothing but the best, but I was shocked when I heard about it last night. And what's weird about it is she didn't post anything saying she's entering the portal and and she still has OU Softball in her bio on Instagram. I thought we would actually be happy when someone doesn't announce every single little movement they make, Coy. <laughs> I would like to announce eggs. Eggs for breakfast. I declare. Sean writes, well said, Chris. And it is a program, and it's a program at OU, where as a parent you're comfortable sending your daughter there safe and in good hands. Uh, the 918. One of the inherent problems with the portal is when you portal over a recruit, they will leave you for playing time. Makes you have to continue to use the portal. I don't see that happening with the Jada Coleman's and the T.R.A. Jennings and the Kinsey Hansons of the world. I don't see that happening with the Riley Boons of the world who had that opportunity after the 2021 season if she wanted to, but saw the plan and bought into it. You just can't pick and choose to try to fit your narrative. Oklahoma's fine, and the, and the portal is never going to be what they're built off of. It's going to be on the foundation of the players they recruit and bring in, but they're going to have to adjust whenever one of those players that you built around and recruited around in Jordy Ball leaves the program. Would Erickson have still entered the portal if Kinsey Hansen didn't come back? Probably not. Sophia Nugent might not have either. Well, I think Sophia Nugent we know would have been back. Yeah. But Erickson, I don't know that we know that – she would know. have been back. Maybe. Maybe so. Sophia Nugent would be your starting catcher going into next year. But instead, with Kenzie Hansen back. Which you want. Which you want. Uh, from the 405. Chris, there's lots of P 
people with questions about what happened to groups two and three in the softball ticket fulfillment window. Have you been asked not to discuss it? I have not heard an explanation from anybody. Uh, By no means have I been asked not to discuss it. In fact, I read I read your text for the purpose of being able to talk about it a little bit. I've had a lot of people that have reached out to me and have vented their frustration. Um, some are, hey, why didn't they add more seats? Well, who's to say they won't? Since the beginning, studies have been constantly ongoing to determine the best capacity, both financially and to make sure that it's full all the time. But from everything I have heard and I've been told, there's going to be more options that will be available. And from everything that I've studied and have understood from this, there will be a lot of opportunities based on your sooner points within your seat selection group. So that's – and I keep bringing this up. It's still getting paid for, y'all. It's still getting paid for. And that's a key thing. If someone and they're not like trading out, well, I'll give you these two seats and this if you give this no, it's nothing like that. But there's still a lot of work that's being done to get it done. So what is the capacity as we know it right now? It's still I I know everyone gets mad, but it is it is still at a situation where the Lusfield capacity is going to be around three thousand. And there's something quite. I had someone texting me. 3,000 permanent seats or 2,400 permanent seats and 600 bring them in well, seats? Well, I think it would be more like. I think it would be more. Well, if, do you want me to read what it says here? Because it's still listed around like 2,000. But from everything that I've been able to at least read and understand, the process is going to be fully ongoing. Like there are. They're looking at ways to maybe even in this, all right, is there a place where that's going to be kind of an area, team area, and things of that nature, and on game days we can make that where we could slide in some seating. I, there's a lot of things that are being considered on that front. It's just it's wild to see the reaction. It really is. So I, I don't think anything is a surprise that's happening right now. I really don't. A 2,400 permanent, 600 temporary yeah. is what is being – and there's going to be opportunities to grow. There will be. there, But there is – y'all, I know this is something no one wants to hear. There is a lot in making it state-of-the-art for player development. You know, you see it's like, well, look at all that space. Well, there's a lot whenever it comes to the new batting cages, the new locker rooms, the new team area. So that's – keep that in mind too. I understand the frustration, man. I completely get it. And no one is – by no means is anyone saying, you better not talk about that. I would just stay diligent. I would stay patient. The 214, ways to keep the fans around. Make the beer cells last longer in the student section and give them cheap third-quarter beer, and they will stay. I don't got a problem with that. How about cheap fourth quarter beer? <laughs> I understand there's these legal issues about cutting off in the third, but if you put your keys right here, we're good to go. The 405 writes, do you think a competitive game 
we'll keep the student section from leaving. It, sure. It'll help, no doubt. I think we've I think we've seen I think we've seen that continue to grow. I think just the opponents right. are going to entice the students to want to stick around longer. The the build up to the games, the you know, all of it I think I'm hopeful, maybe I'm too hopeful, but I do think you're going to see, top to bottom, a more engaged Oklahoma fan base on a regular basis. Yeah. And that includes the students. Yep, exactly. Uh, True Sooner. True Sooner's been on fire today. What's the percentage chance right now that we get Vauder, Mr. Plevins? Uh, what did Dean say? Was it 60%? Was it like 60-40 or something like that back in the Bob Stoops days? Play the percentages. I don't know, I'd say like uh I'd say you're better than a 50-50 chance right now. I don't know. I'm just I'm guessing. It seemed as if Justin, Justin McLeod was pretty high on the chances. Yeah, he said about 150% chance. I would say 52% chance they get her. 41% they don't. And a seven percent margin of error. Is that the right math? Yeah, that, I think I think so. Yeah. And the seven percent is there's a shocking last minute addition to the portal that comes to OU. I'll put that at seven. Uh, Only taking one pitcher, you think? Flor- I think they're taking two, maybe three. Oh, that's me again. This is Chris Plank, not the softball guy, the guesstimator. Florida Sooner writes: The Raiders are tanking to get both Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley. The way things are going, I got no problem with that. Chuck writes, I'm being nosy. What are the two big-named ladies in the portal right now? What are we waiting for? Well, there's current at Indiana, the Big Ten Freshman of the Year. In national Freshman of the Year, right? National Freshman, and then Elena Vauder. Um, no, Kennedy won the National Freshman of the Year, didn't she? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Um, there might be – maybe there's multiple National, national Freshman of the Year awards. Kennedy's name is not in the portal, nor is she going in the portal from everything I've been told. So just – I know everyone started the, the memes and the jokes, but she's not – At least not yet. Anywhere. I brought up the op- – We can revisit it one year. I brought up the possibility of Draymond Green, maybe Sam Presti sniffing around. That was not accepted rather well by the ref army on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line that loved the Thunder. For the 405, I would cancel my season tickets immediately if we acquired Draymond Green. I feel like he reflects the exact opposite of the core values of the Thunder. That would be an absolutely terrible acquisition. No thanks. But what do you think your core values are, bro? You want to win. That's, this isn't some inspired college team. This is an NBA franchise that wants to win. Draymond Green would help you win. I could see where... Maybe you don't want to make a long-term commitment to oh, Draymond yeah, you don't Green, though, and all of the cash. It's uh, he, he doesn't add a lot in the way of scoring. So <laughs> I I see arguments for and it does, against. It's not going to happen. Uh, Florida Sooner writes, I'd rather have my arm cut off with a rusty saw, bra- a saw blade and have Draymond on the thunder. Jesse G, a, a very popular meme, in the fifth inning, the ESPN cameras caught that kind of attractive young lady in the crowd giving the leave me alone sign to some LSU fan next to her. Was that a Gator fan or an LSU fan? I think it was an LSU fan. And it has him leaning over saying Draymond to OKC 
and her with that. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Uh, we'll put a wrap on this edition of The Plank Show next with a story you'll want to hear about the future of the internet. I want to leave you with a positive, uplifting story. Something that will either be celebrated or be terrible. According to the most recent report, NASA's Parker Solar Probe completed a groundbreaking mission to travel through the solar winds in space. The goal of the mission was to prevent charged particles from hindering the internet signals on Earth. Why might you ask? Well, through this research, these scientists think they know everything, are warning of a solar storm that could impact Earth, Earth, with a reported internet apocalypse. I repeat, Internet apocalypse, Josh Elmer. Uh-oh. Sounds like Y2K. They have also warned that one such event could place take place in the next decade and would obstruct the infrastructure that carries the internet providers and will shut down the net. NASA has stated that solar activity appears to be following a cycle of 11 years and at its peak... Solar storms could occur multiple times in a day. Well, yeah, whatever. We need our best people, yes, getting that taken care of because the Internet, we we have to have that. I, for one, would welcome the Internet outage. But I also wonder, like, how would that affect then my ability to connect to any show? Oh, man, we'd have to bust out encyclopedias again. We would have good old phone lines. I would have this, to get phone lines back. It'd be the rise of radio again. Oh, we'd, we'd be, be back. back. AMI, hey, amplitude modulation already back, but all the way back, baby. Have a great day, Josh. You too, my friend. I can't wait for tomorrow's show. Steel Man and Thune at noon or next right here on The Ref.